capacity. Davato Bhai, one who has unflinching devotional service in Krishna, consistently manifests all the good qualities of Krishna and the demigods. However, he who has no devotion to the Supreme Personality of Godhead has no good qualifications because he is engaged by mental concoction in material existence, which is the external feature of the Lord. You know this word, concoction? Those of you for whom English is not your first language, concoction. Concoction is mm, something invented, uh, thrown together, um, mixed, mixed up, something which is not standard, you may say, and mental, something created by the mind, mental concoction. So-called, that was from Bhagavatam, 5th Canto, chapter 18, verse 12, so-called educated philosophers and scientists who are simply on the mental platform uh, cannot distinguish between what is actually sat, eternal, and what is asat, temporary. The Vedic injunction is asato ma jyotir gamaya, Everyone should give up the platform of temporary existence and approach the eternal platform. The soul is eternal. And topics concerning the eternal soul are actually knowledge. Elsewhere it is said, Apashyatam atmatatvam griheshu grihamedinam Those who are attached to the bodily conception of life and who thus stick to life as a grihasta or householder on the platform of material sense enjoyment cannot see the welfare of the eternal soul. Prahlad Maharaj confirmed this by saying that if one wants success in life one should immediately understand from the right sources what his spiritual interest is, and how one should mold one's life in spiritual consciousness. One should understand oneself to be part and parcel of Krishna and thus completely take shelter of his lotus feet for guaranteed spiritual success. Everyone in the material world is in the bodily conception struggling hard for existence, life after life. Prahlad Maharaj therefore recommended that to stop this material condition of repeated birth and death, one should go to the forest. In the Varnashrama system, one first becomes a brahmachari, then a grihasta, a vanaprastha, and finally a sannyasi. Going to the forest means accepting Vanaprastha life, which is between Grihastha life and Sannyasa life. As confirmed in Vishnu Purana, Varnashrama Charavata Purushena Parapuman Vishnur Aradyate Panta Nanyatatosha Darshanam. By accepting the institution of Varna and Ashrama, one can very easily elevate oneself to the platform of worshipping 
Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Otherwise, if one remains in the bodily conception, one must rot within this material world. You know the word rot? To rot. Everybody knows what rot. Rot like a rotten apple. So to rot. <laughs> Very interesting, nice expression, Prabhupada would sometimes say. To rot <laughs> within this material world. And his life will be a failure. Society must have divisions of Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra, and for spiritual advancement one must gradually develop as a Brahmachari, Grihasta, Vanaprastha, and Sannyasi. Prahlad Maharaj recommended that his father accept Vanaprastha life because as a Grihasta he was becoming increasingly demoniac due to bodily attachment. Prahlad recommended to his father that accepting Vanaprastha life would be better than going deeper and deeper into Griham Andakupam, the blind well of life as a Grihasta. In our Krishna consciousness movement, we therefore invite all the elderly persons of the world <laughs> to come to Vrindavan and stay there in retired life, making advancement in spiritual consciousness, Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. So ends Srila Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Tatsadumanye suravarya dehinam sada samudvigna diyam asatkrahat hitvatmag patam griham Andakupam vanam gato yat harim asrayeta. Prahlad Maharaj replied, O best of the asuras, king of the demons, as far as I've learned from my spiritual master, any person who has accepted a temporary body and temporary household life is certainly embarrassed by anxiety because of having fallen in a dark well where there's no water but only suffering. One should give up this position and go to the forest. More clearly, one should go to Vrindavan where only Krishna consciousness is prevalent and should thus take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is, we can say, the beginning of Prahlad's instructions, uh, which will be elaborated in the course of his exchange with his father, Hiranyakashipu, and uh, which will be elaborated in his discussion with his schoolmates. Hiranyakashipu has asked what we might call a somewhat innocent question. Uh, He, he has asked him what he considers to be good. <laughs> uh, what, is, what do you consider to be good? And the implication is, sadhu, and the implication is that he's asking what has he learned from his teachers. One, one thing about his questioning 
uh, which strikes me, is that it suggests that Hiranyakashipu cares about his son. Uh, fathers, mothers, when the children come home from school, they'll typically ask, right, what did you learn in school today? And they like when the children say something about what they learned. So we can say in this, in this regard that Hiranyakashipu is a typical father, and he has, he seems to have, at this stage, uh, he seems to care for his son. Uh, of course, that's going to change. It's going to turn out uh, quite the opposite. Uh, or does it? Or does his care for his son simply intensify in such a, such a way that it becomes twisted around and, 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 uh, and confused? Such that he thinks the best way to deal with his son is to kill him. Well, one thing we may say is that in the course of his exchanges, his, dare I say, dialogue <laughs> with his son, he's going to reach a point where, in effect, he sees Prahlad as an outsider, as, as an enemy. Rather than his dear son, he's going to perceive him as an enemy, and he's going to therefore want to, in effect, outcast him. He wants to throw him out because he sees him as, as a danger, right? He sees him as an opponent. His perception is that he is an opponent. Now this is interesting, it seems to me, because um, Hiranyakashipu himself uh, is, we may say, an outcast. Where has he been cast out from? He's been, uh, he's been cast out of the most desirable place to be. He's been cast out of Vaikuntha, along with his brother. And because of his being outcast from Vaikuntha, he finds himself in this very unfortunate uh, condition, state of mind, of being an asura, and indeed as being asuravarya, best of the demons, as Prahlad somewhat ironically addresses him. Oh, best of the demons. In some sense, he is the best of the demons, isn't he? Or is he the worst of the demons? Or is he both? In any case, we may say, he is a demon, asura, one who is opposed uh, in every respect to service to the Lord, and that's going to be his problem. Let's think about uh, this being outcast, and let's also think about Prahlad's qualities. Uh, I like to ask devotees on the occasion of, uh, of Nrsingadev's appearance, 
Whose mood do we want to celebrate in this celebration of the appearance of Nursingadev? Do we want to celebrate the mood of Nursingadev, or do we want to celebrate the mood of Prahlad? Huh? Prahlad, you vote. Who votes for Prahlad? Okay, we have a lot of a lot of Prahlad bhaktas here. Nobody votes for Nrsinghadev. You don't want to be. Oh, we have some Nrsingha bhaktas here. Okay, Prahlad bhaktas, Nrsingha bhaktas. Is it possible to celebrate both moods? Who wants to celebrate both moods? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, the 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 mood of Prahlad, of course, is 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 uh, we celebrate because we identify him as best of the bhaktas, isn't it? And we are aspiring bhaktas. We want to be bhakta. Now, one of the qualities of Prahlad, which is expressed in this verse, is his honest straightforwardness, isn't it? This is one of the qualities of a devotee. He says, quite frankly, and I would say together with this honesty and straightforwardness is his fearlessness, which will be there persistently throughout uh, the entire uh, account, but he is um, pers uh, in this in this sort of opening statement uh, of teaching that he's making. He's being uh, quite straightforward. The word sadhu, of course, means it can mean one who is sadhu, one who is good, uh, and it uh, also is the adjective sadhu. So, Hiranyakashipu has asked Prahlad, what do you think is good? And Prahlad Maharaj is telling him what he thinks is good. <laughs> it's not exactly what he's learned from Shanda and Amarka, it's what he's learned from, from Narada. And he's learned from Narada in such a way that... Um, no one knows because it's all happened in a very uh, unusual way to learn while in the womb. And this is going to uh, connect with his teaching that he will give to his friends when he says, One should start spiritual life as a child. Prahlad's going to start even, for, even earlier. He's going to start in the womb. <laughs> Why not? Start as early as you can. But uh, here he's saying what he thinks is good is not something that Hiranyakashipu thinks is good. Why does Hiranyakashipu not think, or will he not think, uh, that Prahlad's advice is good? Because it is about uh, surrender to the Lord. Vanam gato yat dharim yat harim ashrayeta. The verb in this verse is ashrayeta, and this verb 
technicality here. Uh, it's in what's called the optative case, uh, which means mm, it is a sort of injunction. Injunction, you know the word injunction? No, an injunction. What's an injunction? Hinweis. Richtlinie, yeah. It's something you should do if you want some result. That's, an, that's the opt optative case. So, Prahlad is suggesting, Prabhupada in his word for word in the last Ashrayeta, he says, may take shelter of. One may take shelter of the Lord. Or, the same word can also be translated, one should, should take shelter of the Lord. Or, even a little stronger, you can say, one must take shelter of the Lord. Uh, but the must is still conditional. If you want perfection, if you want to become free, if we want to become free uh, from samudvignadi, from the consciousness, the di, uh, the, the intelligence, the mentality of samudvigna, of anxieties, then what to do? Take shelter of the Lord. Uh, this, of course, we know. <laughs> and yet we want to always ask ourselves, do I know how to take shelter of the Lord? A few days ago in the news, I didn't read it directly. Someone told me about this. There was, um, there was an airplane accident. I think it was in America. And fortunately, most of uh, the um, passengers uh, were saved. They, they could land and, and be saved. But um, something happened, and one of, the, um, one of the windows of the airplane was broken. And when you're at high altitude, that means all of the air pressure in the airplane, whew, it goes out and... <laughs> It's a horrible thing. Apparently, the lady sitting next to the window uh, was taken at least partially out. But what happens then also is these uh, these these uh, what do you call them? Air masks suddenly appear, hmm? um, and they always tell you before you take a flight. They give you instruction on all the safety things, and one of the safety things is uh, how to put on this um, air mask. And they always give a little demonstration. And if you fly a lot, as I fly a fair amount, some of us do, uh, we've seen it so many times, uh, we don't bother to look because we know. They always say, even if you know, you should, you should watch uh, because yeah, who knows. So apparently in this case, there was so much panic Hardly anyone knew how to put this air mask on. As simple as it is, you know, you just take the elastic thing and you put it over your head and you put it over your... They always say, put it over your mouth and nose. Apparently most people were just putting it over their mouth because they were so mixed up. So, um, do we know... <laughs> How to take shelter of the Lord when, when, uh, when the emergency comes. Uh, 
That is, that is the question. Prahlad is advising to his father uh, something very nice, how to prepare. And the preparation he suggests uh, is to go to the forest. <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know. Uh, Prahlad is, what, maybe five years old? Uh, imagine your son, your five-year-old son, advising you, my dear father, my dear mother, I think you should go to the forest. Uh, and forest, what does forest mean? Forest means uh, going outside of organized, what we might call civilized life. Nowadays, of, go of course, going to the forest, um, it's not recommended generally literally going to the forest. Number one, there hardly is enough forest to go around. Srila uh, Prabhupada advises here, therefore, <laughs> let all elder elderly persons of the world come to Vrindavan. He invites all elderly persons to come to Vrindavan. Uh, I was in Vrindavan a few weeks ago. Each time I go to Vrindavan now, I wonder more and more, where is the forest? Because there is less and less forest and there's more and more buildings. Maybe that's because people have heard Srila Prabhupada's invitation. And now they're coming to Vrindavan, but they're not going in the forest. They're building nice apartments. Very expensive apartments, I must say. And I noticed this time, uh, when I was in Balaram Mandir, I felt something is missing, and I couldn't quite place it. What is missing? And I thought back to years previous when I've been in Balaram Mandir. It used to be that when you are in Balaram Mandir, which is in an area called Raman Reti, uh, where it said that Krishna and Balaram used to play uh, in the forest. It used to be, some years back, if you were in the temple, now and then you could hear peacocks calling from the nearby forest. This time I was there for several days, not one peacock have I heard. So the poor, the the poor peacocks have had to also recede. Times have changed and we may ask, so how do I follow Prahlad Maharaj's advice? He says, go to the forest and Prabhupada in his purport, <laughs> not in his purport, in, his, uh, in, in the verse. This is one of the verses where Srila Prabhupada takes a little bit of liberty uh, with the translation from the Sanskrit. And he says, uh, after it says one should give up this position and go to the forest, he says, more clearly, <laughs> one should go to Vrindavan. I was thinking maybe this is Prabhupada um, giving us something from one of the commentaries of um, one of the Acharyas. I was suspecting Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, um, but it seems not. 
this seems to be Śrīla Prabhupāda's own addition. But he's, what is he doing? He's making it clear. Speaking of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, I think it's uh, worth noting that we have to be a little careful when we consider this verse not to take it as uh, as an opportunity for grihasta bashing. Sometimes that happens. The brahmacharis, they like to think, ah, here it is. Prahlad tells us, give up your home and go to the forest. But uh, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, it's possible to leave one's home but not leave the andakupam. What's andakupam? What does it mean? Blind well. And then Prophet also gives some purport here. He says it means a well without water. Uh, it's possible to leave. One may decide, okay, now, manaprasta, I'm, I'm going to go to the forest. I will be detached. But in fact... One is just taking a portable well with one. Uh, and what is that portable well? It's, it's all the attachment uh, that has uh, been one's mentality, which one has played out uh, in the course of one's life. So Vishwanath says, be careful. Don't think I'll just um, externally do this act of renunciation, and then I will uh, be home free, so to say. Uh, but rather one has to go deep within to understand uh, this giving up and going to the forest has to be uh, substantial. In the purport, Prabhupada takes one of many opportunities to talk about the varna and ashrama system. And we often puzzle over this. Um, and uh, we sometimes want to uh, take shelter of the what may seem like the opposite position which uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu takes when he prays before Lord Jagannath. You know the, you know the nice prayer, Naham Vipro Nacha Narapatir. I'm not any of these different categories uh, of uh, members of Varnashrama. What am I? I'm just a servant of the servant of uh, the Lord of the Gopis. That's what I am. So here I think it's nice to, to remember uh, that uh, the notion of Dharma has two sides, two aspects. Uh, one is descriptive, one is normative. Descriptive means that which we are, whether we know it or not, and whether we're conscious of it or not, uh, we are gopi bhartu parakamala yordasa dasana. We're always eternal servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. That's what we are. So that's describing. Uh, when we speak of dharma normatively, then we, th we are speaking of it in terms of what should, 
we do so that we can realize our dharma, our eternal dharma. That is normative, it's a fancy word, of, or prescriptive, it's what we should do. It's a prescription. Prahlad, in this verse, is giving his dear father a prescription. A doctor gives a prescription to uh, a patient, so Prahlad is acting as a sort of doctor, uh, but he's not being accepted as a doctor by his father. Nonetheless, he's giving a good prescription, and that is to go toward renunciation, toward letting go. Uh, so that that's very nice, and this we want to uh, take for ourselves, certainly, uh, to heart. Uh, it is certainly, however, a process. It's not something one does from one day to the next. I mentioned that Prahlad, sorry, that Hiranyakashipu is showing here some care for his son, but it seems to be a superficial care, and we might say it's a care only really for himself and his dynasty. He wants Prahlad to be, uh, we say in English, in sort of, um, or American slang, we say, spitting image. He wants, <laughs> he wants, he wants Prahlad to be just like himself. Uh, parents typically want their children to be like mirror images of themselves. Why? Because this gives a sense of perpetual life. Uh, in fact, many. Um, traditions in the world, they have this notion, China, Chinese especially, where do we get our eternality from? We get it from having children who will have children and so on. And then the children will, event will eventually um, uh, worship us as ancestors. And that idea is also there in uh, in Indian Brahminical uh, culture. Uh, Prahlad is, um, is cared for, therefore, only superficially. He's not caring for Prahlad as um, Prahlad himself. Hiranikashipu might have reacted differently from how he did. Right? He might have said, mm, and, well, what is his reaction? Initially, his reaction is to laugh. <laughs> oh, that's so charming. We're going to have to send you back to school and give you, get you some more, uh, some better education. Apparently, your, 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 your teachers are not taking care of you, are not uh, teaching you well, or maybe you're not listening well although it's mentioned in a previous verse that, in fact, Prahlad was listening attentively to his uh, teachers, but he didn't like what his teachers were teaching. Why? He didn't like what they were teaching because it was giving always, because it was about politics and 
economics, Prabhupada says politics and economics, uh, it was always about svapara, it was always about us and them, this sense of I and mine extends to become us and them. And when there's us and them consciousness, you could call that politics. And Prahlad doesn't like politics. Why? He just wants to see everyone equally. This is not a popular idea. Seeing everyone equally is not, um, it doesn't sell. Uh, seeing difference, that is popular. That's what sells newspapers. That's what the newspapers encourage us to uh, think. The media all encourage us, is, encourages us to think in terms of uh, us and them, distinctions, politics. Um, but what I want to say here is that Hiranyakashipu's care is at least an indication of one principle which is positive, which is involved in politics. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? I mean to say that there are what you could call moral foundations. They may be superficial, but at least there is a sense there of morality in politics. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that when people take different positions, I believe in this, and the other one says, no, that's wrong, it should be like that, um, there is some conviction there, and the conviction is something good. It can be something good. So one of the bases of political life is care. People care for others. They may only care for their children and their family, but they are caring. So from that we can have the note, we, we can get a sense that there is something good, there's something good in Hiranikashipu. <laughs> there's something redeemable. You know this word redeemable? In Hiranikashipu. And this we may see is why Prahlad cares about Hiranikashipu. He cares for him. He's his father. And after all of this, um, you know, confrontation and destruction is going to happen and Nusingadev is going to appear and, um, and tear Hiranikashipu apart, what is Prahlad's concern going to be? His, Prahlad, his concern is going to be for his father. By now his father's safely gone, <laughs> but he's, he's still concerned about him. But another principle, another moral principle of, of politics is authority. Uh, if we reflect on the nature of authority, we, this is a discussion in itself we won't go into, but um, 
in every respect, in all uh, areas of our lives, we experience different kinds of authority. We could say, starting with our parents. Now, what is the opposite of authority? We could say the opposite of authority is subversion. You know the word subversion? To subvert? To subvert authority is to act in such a way that authority is, oh, here's another difficult word, undermined, it's, it's threatened. So what is Prahlad doing, especially when he speaks to his uh, friends in, in school? He's subverting the authority of Shanda and Amarka, and indirectly, of course, he's subverting the authority of Hiranyakashipu, who has employed Shanda and Amarka. So this subversion of Prahlad, we celebrate. In this case, he's not accepting the authority of Hiranyakashipu, but why not? Because he has a higher authority. Not a higher authority, he has the supreme authority. He accepts the supreme authority, and therefore he can give this advice to his father, Vanam Gato Yat Harim Ashrayeta. I suggest that you take shelter of the supreme authority, because as things are now, it's, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for anybody else. Uh, so again, this is um, a kind of moral principle of politics. But now you're going to say, we don't have anything to do with politics. Right or wrong? Devotees have nothing to do with politics. Who will take the... I agree side, and who will take the side I don't agree? I agree we have nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with politics? Anyone else? Nope. Who says we have some... Huh? It's a political question. <laughs> who says we have something to do with politics? I see a lot of hesitant hands going up. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting myself into here when I'm saying I have something to do with politics. Prahlad seems to want to say we have nothing to do with politics, right? When he says, I don't care about Sva and Para. I don't care about myself and others. And yet he seems to be right in the thick of politics. He cannot avoid it because his father is considering him to be the other who is the enemy. So as long as we're in this material world, having material bodies, we can't avoid it. So face it, accept it. There's going to be politics. And if you think, okay, that's all right, but when I take shelter of the Lord and go back home, back to Godhead, there will be no politics. Right? Wrong. There's the left-wing gopis and the right-wing gopis. 
and they'll have nothing to do with each other. Are we sure we want to take to this Krishna consciousness wherever we go? There's no getting away from politics. I don't know. Maybe we should become Brahmavadis after all. Hare Krishna. Well, since there's going to be politics, then we might want to see how to make the best of it. Srila Prabhupada said, make the best use of a bad bargain. Yeah. And that, you could say, is exactly what Prahlad is doing. He is making the best use. He is showing the best of care. He is showing the best uh, of recognition of authority. And I won't go on. There's other categories of, um, of morality in uh, politics that we could discuss. But that could be a whole seminar. I just want to end uh, with a little advertisement. Tomorrow we're going to have a, a short seminar on the subject of politics. No. Um, <laughs> on the subject of, I call it, dialogical Vaishnavism. And I need to clarify, uh, this is not diabolical Vaishnavism. It's dialogical Vaishnavism. Um, Di dialogue. Uh, this is what Prahlad is attempting to have with Hiranyakashipu. Uh, the dialogue kind of breaks down, uh, but I want to uh, discuss in in the briefest way um, actually a subject which uh, we've had a longer seminar on in Mayapur over five days and several hours. But okay, I'll, I'll give a few uh, ideas for us to think about. Uh, there's monologue and there is dialogue. And uh, I want to suggest that dialogue is a good thing and we can take part in it in different ways amongst each other, with ourselves, and uh, with uh, people of different faith traditions and so on. Right, so again, Prahlad, uh, we can celebrate. We can also celebrate Nrsingadev uh, in these days, uh, anticipating and coming up to his appearance. Uh, and, of course, especially Prahlad, we want to follow. Uh, if we can learn uh, the, the, the sense, the mood in which he is practicing, in which he is, uh, the mood that he is showing of the bhakta, one of fearlessness, uh, one of straightforwardness, and always with a vision of what is good, sadhu manye, tat sadhu manye, uh, then we can be successful in our spiritual lives. What do you think? Yes? No? Yes, why not? Prahlad Maharaj Haki Hiranyakashipu Boo <laughs> Nursingadev Ki <laughs> Any further discussion or questions? Hare Krishna Yes
Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, the injunction that Krishna gives us in the Gita, how does that verse begin? Uh, he, he speaks about vanmaya tapa, about uh, the different uh, forms of austerity of speech in chapter 17. Um, I always forget the first line of it, but he's saying, don't speak in such a way as to disturb others. So this, meant, this could seem like the opposite of speak the truth. I think here the, the, the point to keep in mind is sort of two ways of understanding the notion of truth. Um, there's the absolute truth and there is relative truth. So I've sometimes given this example that we learned when I was a child in America. Um, we used to celebrate um, our one of our country's founding fathers as being very truthful. The, the legend was that as a child, uh, he very truthfully admitted to his father that he had been the one who had chopped down a cherry tree. We never learned why he had chopped down the cherry tree, but his father said, who chopped down this cherry tree? And little George, uh, George Washington, he said, Father, it was I who cut it down. <laughs> so what? <laughs> that's one sort of truthfulness. Okay, uh, that's nice. That's a sort of confessional uh, truthfulness. Uh, but the deeper truthfulness is truthfulness about the absolute truth. And with this, there is then the question how to best communicate with any given person. And with uh, one person we may speak the absolute truth or invite someone to um, approach the absolute truth in a different way than we would someone else. Uh, and taking into account Krishna's uh, direction that we should not um, we should not speak words which are uh, inflammatory, which are disturbing. And then we consider how to speak the truth and also when to speak the truth. Sometimes uh, we may understand sooner or later this person needs to understand something. Uh, whether I'm the person to tell this person or, on, or not, that's one question. Another question is, is this the right time for it? Um, is this the right circumstance for me to tell what I think needs to be told? And, and then again, how to tell? Is just speaking the best or is there some other way? Uh, is it better that I have someone else speak to this person? The general principle being, of course, to consider what will be uh, the most beneficial for this person. If your if your general if your genuine desire is to help someone, then that will come through, even it may be disturbing initially. But if it, if you can show that you really care for that person, then 
uh, you can be successful in communicating. I would put it that way. In the case of Prahlad, he decided best is just out with it. <laughs> but actually, he doesn't speak in the second person here. He doesn't, technically, he doesn't speak, Father, you should go to the forest. He says, I think it's best that a person who is uh, in your situation <laughs> goes to the forest. <laughs> So you could say there's a little, little. He's being a little bit uh, diplomatic there, but it, or you can say he's just speaking very nicely, speaking sweetly, speaking in a, in a way that maybe Hiranyakashipu will accept. Yeah. Anything else? Yes, Devakimaraj. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Grihamedi, yeah. Um, yeah, good point. Again, it's just implied that uh, he is Grihasta. Uh, he's not directly called that. Uh, the word is just Griham. Uh, which griha means house, so he is a householder, literally, uh, and the term griha medi is one which uh, comes to be used in a sort of very polemical sense, in a negative sense, but literally griha medi means simply one whose intelligence, whose mentality is oriented toward uh, the maintenance of the griha. So that can be taken in a neutral way. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, the person who is in maya, but just someone who's, you could even say someone who's conscientious, uh, who is dutiful uh, with regard to uh, the griha. Uh, and... Yes, we can say, if we take it in the negative sense, the best we might want to refer to him is, uh, is as a grihamedi. Um, but perhaps there are other terms he could be uh, referred to, you know, uh, as, as a kripana rather than a brahmana and uh, as a... Um, Dushkrita and any number of other terms we might say but in terms of the Varna and Ashrama system technically he's a Grihasta he is, uh, he is married he has a family so from that perspective it wouldn't be inaccurate yeah yeah good anything else Ladies, something? No? Yes. Gents? Yes? Yes, I'm looking at you. I'm forgetting your good name. Gunter. Yes, Gunter. You spoke about this uh, Arjun Vani. 
That's nice, nice point. Yes, sometimes we want to emphasize the difference, and sometimes if we emphasize too much, we get ourselves in trouble. Good point. How to balance? Um, practice. <laughs> practice, and I would say go on with the internal practices and also the external practices. External in the sense we, we speak of outreach. Um, hardly the one can, can thrive without the other in our understanding and our culture of Christian consciousness. We really need to do both. Uh, and we might put it this way. Well, let's take it from Prabhupada's purport, a kind of hint from this really interesting statement he says at the end when he invites all elderly persons of the world to come to Vrindavan. He doesn't say all elderly Vaishnavas. He doesn't say all elderly uh, devotees. He says all elderly persons. Uh, and in that spirit also we, we do that which Srila Prabhupada would call preaching. We uh, speak with people, uh, encouraging them to take up spiritual life, bhakti yoga, and in the act of of pursuing that effort of invitation, inviting others to take up uh, the practice of Krishna consciousness, every step we take, we we are ourselves becoming, shall we say, less of the karmi <laughs> that uh, we identify others as being. Does that make sense? In other words, if we're thinking, I'm not a karmi, this is, these are karmis, that can be dangerous. Why? Because uh, what, is, what is our situation? Just where are we on the scale of karmis, and 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 bhaktas where where do i where where am i uh if i'm a little honest with myself sometimes i'm a little honest with myself and this gets back to the point of truthfulness this is really where truthfulness starts right uh if i'm a little honest with myself i i see i have so far to go uh, to be uh, a pure bhakta so if we're honest with ourselves, then I think that um, capacity to find the balance uh, will be there, such that, indeed, we will be careful not to mix unnecessarily with persons who are not going to be benefiting our spiritual life. Um, yeah, Krishna is speaking in the Bhagavad Gita of... Um, of uh, karma, yoga, karma, sukoshalam, you know. Uh, 
uh, that um, the art of work, the skill of, of work is yoga. So the yoga, the connection that we want to make uh, with others, with Krishna, that connection, it, it's, like a, it's like a balancing, it is a balancing act. <laughs> to find that connecting point is always what we need to be searching for and never be satisfied that we have it in a wishy-washy way. We want to connect with Krishna, as Prabhupada said, to see Krishna face to face. That's, you know, that's really, wow. <laughs> that's something. Uh, so the balancing point, we can... Uh, we can find how do we get it by practice, just like, you know, balancing, well, balancing on a bicycle, you know, learning how to ride a bicycle. It's a balancing. You can't learn, can you learn to ride a bicycle by, by sitting next to the bicycle and thinking about learning to ride a bicycle? Not really. So... You just sort of get on it, and somebody helps you for a while. And at one point, at one point, you can do it. And when you can do it, then then you don't have to think about it. You just do it. It's very easy. So also bhakti is like that. Yes, we are different. Yes, we are the same. Both yes. <laughs> that is the paradox of bhakti. Hmm. Paradoxical. We have to be a little careful with these um, these uh, these differences, and at the same time, we have to recognize the differences. Yeah, is that all right? Okay, good. We'll stop there. Uh, thank you all very much. Have a wonderful day, Ekadashi day today, and. Uh, Yes, Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada ki, Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Gaur Premanande.